Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Gannon Baker, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with my man, Gannon. So, welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with my man, Gannon Baker, a.k.a. the Italian Stallion, Rocky Balboa of Basketball Skill Training. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm not Italian, but I do wake up to an alarm that blasts out the Rocky thing. Uh, yes, I, I do know that you're not Italian, but you know Rocky Balboa, Italian Stallion. You got you got to say both names. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely, man. The, the movie actually changed my life, man. Real talk. That movie in, in two hours changed my perspective on uh, how to go after a goal, how to be gritty, how to fight, and uh, a lot of uh, the movie parallels, you know, my life. So uh, I watched all. 28 of them <laughs> and, uh, and, st- and still do to this day I got three kids and I can't wait to uh, tell them the story and get them into his journey so it's really good I think you know for all the kids listening out there man whatever motivates you you gotta have something that, that just uh, keeps pushing you along man you have to and uh, kids nowadays don't have enough attention or maturity sometimes to really sit and get to get to know themselves or other people's stories and you know a movie can do that a podcast can do that a book can do that a guest speaker i mean you know teachers out there that have a gift and, and have anointing and obviously sylvester stallone is a very very gifted actor uh, his theatrical platform man has changed people's lives real talk oh absolutely um i remember I was at your house about two years ago, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, with my man, Ryan Rizuki. You uh, invited us out. We uh, helped assist you in your um, pro-am training for basketball. And I remember seeing, I believe it was a picture of Rocky there, and I thought it was so cool. And you and I got to have that moment and talk about that. So uh, I'm very glad yeah. and very blessed that you just shared that with uh, my listeners. So thank you. Yeah, my wife uh, got me that gift. One was the autographed picture of uh, him and Rocky III, and the other one was the actual replica of the uh, heavyweight championship belt that he won from Apollo that he signed. So my wife uh, blessed me with that. You know, that's another thing too, man, Andre, is that if you can have a teammate, a backcourt mate, that, uh, that, that gets your back along the journey that you can celebrate with, 
mean, that's a blessing, man. And, and uh, you know, she, she is really, um, like a lot of people will think it's corny or, or laugh at me like it's just a, a fad or it's part of pop culture. No, nah, man, like Rocky Balboa was a real person to me. And, and in school, when people say, who is your hero? It was, you know, my dad, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and Rocky Balboa. And he would laugh at that. Like, he was not real. Yeah, he was. You know, the values that, that I learned from watching that movie and the inspiration, the energy I got, and I still get from hearing that song. I mean, why do you think it's on my my alarm? Because we don't feel like, you know, especially my age, 40s, 47, you you know, it's hard to get out of bed sometimes, man. So you got you to gotta have something to push you. And, and, and a lot of kids need to find something to motivate. It could be money. It could be food. But everybody's got to be motivated. Oh, no, that's 100. Uh, Rocky did the same for me, man. I mean, I remember, uh, um, oh, gosh, uh, Mickey telling him, you're going to crap, or you're going to crap thunder and shit lightning. And to me, watching that movie, like you said, and, and seeing um, his struggles and the struggle with his mental mindset and then getting after it every day and every day, hard work um, pays off. And, and it truly does. I believe in that. Yeah. Yeah, Mickey actually said you're gonna eat thunder. Okay. And crap, and crap lightning. But you were close, Dre. You were close. <laughs> I was very close. I was. I was super close. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Um, for one of my things, um, which really, really inspired me about you was a few of uh, about a week ago, you you posted something. It was called the rules of engagement. Can you can you elaborate on the rules of engagement? Yeah, well, I got the term from, you know, military terminology. Everybody in my family, except my dad and my two brothers, uh, were in the military. Uh, minus, a, minus an uncle, but, you know, 80% of my family is military. So at family reunions and get-togethers, you know, they talk to us. and They would share their stories. And so we honor them. My wife and I still contribute to, to uh, vet families and, and veteran affairs and all that. So... You know, I'm always looking to make the analogy. That's what basketball is, man. Every day, you know, you're preparing yourself for battle. And so, you know, the rules of engagement for that particular session was how do you break down the defense? Absolutely. The defense is your opponent. Your ultimate, ultimate objective is to get as close to the basket as you can with an open shot. If you can't get an open shot close to the basket, then you want to get fouled. And if you want to play the percentage games, the closer you get to the basket, the higher percentage you're going to have to have open shots, open teammates, open offensive rebounds, and fouls. And so, like you said, you got to teach these kids that the foundation of the game is to get to the basket and get to that paint. And so all your drills from that has to have the underlying why. Why are you doing this drill? Because the end game is to teach them how to go downhill. And so to, to do all that, right, you, you got to know the team part. To engage the defense, you got to know the five team weapons. And these weapons, right, are in any offense, whether you run old-time flex, which many people don't even know what the flex is. They think it's a stretch. Um, one four flow five out dribble drive, you know set plays etc cetera, etc. Cetera. 
got to have these five things. So one way to engage the defense, and I think it's most important, is spacing. If you don't have spacing, you have nothing. Right? Even even on an on-ball, which is a ball screen, you're bringing two people to the ball, right? After one or the other separates from the from the screen, you got to have spacing for it to be executed correctly. The other three players off the on-ball has to be spaced out for it to execute correctly. So spacing. And so when you do your drills, even from training, you know, beginners, whether they're six or they're 16 and they've never worked out, in, in your practice, you have to, even if you're doing stationary uh, drills, you have to incorporate spacing. So as a coach, you might say, hey, I'm here because I want you to see the spacing that needs to be involved in, in the game. I'm your teammate. Look at the spacing. We're going to do a passing drill. Let's get game spacing. Here's what it means. And, man, I would say, Andre, I'll even be nice. 10% of the trainers out there probably talk about space in every workout they have, which in reality is probably 1%. But spacing is a rule of engagement. Number two, ball movement, right? The bo- you have to have a, r- a rule in the game. So, okay, what offense you're running, you have to – a good player – can make a decision in three seconds when they have the ball. If they're holding the ball longer than three seconds, forget about it. Right. The defense is defense is set, and your percentages of getting a good shot goes down. A great player, like the Spurs, their rule is ball's in your hand 1.9, and then you got to let it go. Right. Right? You gotta, so ball movement, you know, hit the first open man. Don't try to make the tricky pass, right? Don't turn down an easy pass to get an assist. Get in the hockey assist or Gretzky, which means, Andre, I'm going to pass to you, and then you pass to Ryan. Andre, you get the assist. Ryan scores, but I get the hockey assist. I get the Gretzky. Right. Right? I made I made the pass that leads to a pass. So as a coach, right, if you're doing any type of, uh, you know, coaching and you want them to be successful in their team, you know, then, you know, you'll say, hey, look, I, I work with you on Kobe's fadeaways. That's cool. But when you go to your team, Here's some other things that can be celebrated by you, and you can feel like you're being a strong part of the offense. Hockey assists, right? Everybody wants to be the guy that drops a dime like LeBron or Dame Lillard or, uh, you know, Kobe. Good pass, especially later in his career. Well, there's only going to be one person shooting and one person passing, but you got the other guy that makes a quick bar reversal that leads to an assist, like, Good coaches stat that. Yeah. Right. Good. Good coaches praise that. Good coaches talk about that in public. Hey, let's give Andre some credit because although he didn't have any assists tonight, boy, he had about 15 hockey assists, or he had 15 assists that led to an assist. Well, what is that? Now you're educating the public on everybody that's involved in the team, not just the main scorer, not just the MVP, not just the guy that gets a double-double. And I think as, as a coach, uh, you know, we we under we undervalue the little things, and we forget. Like, we're not educated to talk about, you know, hey, man, this guy's a great ball mover. Ball mover? Wait, why do I need a ball? And, and so as, as, a, as a professional player development coach, you got to have that in your rules of engagement. you, know, you got to move the ball so it moves the defense, and now – you're driving on closeouts and, or you're seeing more gaps for your drives or more catching and open uncontested threes. 
Number three, screens. Like great coaches I know that run great programs give awards for the greatest screener of the game or the screener of the year. I, who, who is that? Mike, uh, Mark Madsen, uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, Bill Lambeer, you know, just some, some names that, that I uh, remember growing up watching. And I'm like, man, that dude's a great screener. Charles Oakley. Like, them guys, there's a lot of guys on, on a lot of teams that are never going to shoot a lot, never going to drive a lot. But they can get fulfillment. They can stroke their ego. They can feel important if they speak the language of screening. And so more coaches have to speak the love language of screening, meaning they make players feel good about doing the necessary things that are going to help your offense. So, you know, good offense has screening. When do you screen? Well, if a man is above you, flare a back screen. That's a good time to screen. If a man is below you and you don't get the ball and you find yourself standing, right, stand for two seconds and then, all right, I got to either cut or I got to screen. Let me go screen because Andre's below me. Hey, Andre, use me. And once I get my two feet set, bam, you come off low and late. I, I, I go down there hard and early. And now, you know, we got, we got a, a great relationship going. Andre, I'm dropping bombs, man. I hope your young guys are listening. Oh, uh, I love young it. Guys that, I, mean, I mean, young guys, you might have to rewind this because I'm dropping some bombs, man. I'm, I'm preaching here, brother. Oh, you I absolutely get, are. Keep going. Amen. I mean, it's, if, I'm, if I'm listening to myself right now, I'm writing notes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, that's screening, man. And, and um, you know, it, I use chairs as screens. I do a great drill where I have a kid come come off me and I put the ball on my back because I'm screening him and now that's a pop. I put the ball on my inside shoulder. That's a curl, right? If I throw the, as he comes off me and I throw the ball behind me, that's a back door. So, you know, there's ways you can work on reading screens and having the player, right, set screens on you, right? So if a player is working on setting screens, uh, I'll have a ball. I'm the coach. He'll come set me a screen. And once I curl, right, he'll pop back out, and I'll uh, I'll sprint to the spot where I'm supposed to pass. And now I'm I'm the cutter and I'm the passer. Now it takes a lot of wind, and as a coach, you really got to get your motor up. But again, I'm in shape. I'm willing to do that because I don't have a, another coach with me. He does need to work on screens. I want to emphasize that screening is spiritual. Screening is important, right? If you don't get the ball, if you don't, you're not allowed to shoot. Where a one a great way to stay involved in the offense is the screen. And so screening is a rule of engagement. Uh, number four, right? Driving kick. Driving kick. I, I think outside of spacing, that's probably the, the most popular rule of engagement in team offense and maybe the easiest and the, the one that kids are more motivated to do, which is fine. I mean, if you got a team like, the, you know, if you got a middle school team and and there's no position. My coach says, look, whoever's nearest to the ball on a made shot, take it out. Uh, whoever grabs the ball off a defensive rebound, you dribble it up. Like, that's that's how the warrior, Warriors play. And if everybody on the floor can pass, can pivot, and can dribble and drive, well, then, man, that's, that's hard to stop. You don't need any plays. You just need spacing. And then when you drive downhill – Try to get to the paint in three seconds, you know. You, you're going to stop. You're going to back it up. But 
if you can get to the paint as quick as possible, uh, it's going to be hard to stop you. And then if you don't get to the paint, as a coach, you got to teach the kids how to drive uphill. And a lot of trainers right now that are listening to this probably don't know, even know what uphill means. Uphill is east-west. Uphill yep. is if you're driving from the wing to the rim and you don't and you get stopped, then you change your trajectory and your angle. Now you're going driving to the point. If you're at the point and you can't get by a guy, now you're driving to the wing. And the guy on the wing now comes to the ball, and you have about I teach about five types of DHOs, which is dribble Dribbles. handles. Yep. And, and I think you you and Ryan, uh, I showed you guys that in the in the pre-draft workouts. I don't I don't want to go into that right now because that's a whole another 30 minutes man but you know you you teach the player you know how to how to pitch the ball hand off the ball jump stop screen hand off to your teammate without losing it and then without um you know having any wasted movement so from that you go right into your spacing and you you re-space and you get something out of it right so driving kick is is a rule of engagement and the last one is player movement. And this is another thing, man. Like, um, you ha- I call it occupational movement. Okay. I call it weak side movement. When, when you're on the weak side, meaning the ball is on one side of the court. So you might have the ball on the wing. You have a corner on that side of the court, and then you have a post. We got three guys over there. That's a triangle action. You got three guys on one side of the court. Now you got two other guys that have good spacing on the other side of the court. Well, if they're standing, then their defenders can lock on to the action going on on the other side of the court. But if the other players are moving, they might screen for each other, they might circle each other, they might cut to the rim. Now you're taking the health defense away. And now you're giving the strong side in that triangle uh, less defense to, for the, for them to be covered, so they can shoot with one-on-one coverage or no coverage if they bust past their defender. So it's called occupational movement, right? That's that's one player movement. Another player movement is when I pass it and I don't I don't get the ball back. Well, what do I do? I either got to cut to the rim. Right. I either got to cut away from the ball. I either got to cut to the ball. Right. You've got to get the ball back. So that's player movement. Another uh, significant player movement is when you know the ball is going to be reversed to you. You have to, if, 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 you're, if, if you're playing a pressure defensive team, then they're going to try to shoot the gap or they're already, you know, on you. They're locked on you. They're not helping off as much. So you got to set yourself up so that if, so that when my teammates one pass away, Right. As soon as he catches it, I'm open. I'm open on his catch. Right. Right. I don't want to. I don't, Andre. I don't want you to catch the ball. You look at me. Now it takes me three seconds to go into my move. No. So, um, you know, my old coach at UNC Wilmington called it timing cuts. Right. I call it being available when the ball gets to you. So. If I'm one pass away, the ball is getting to me. I got to make myself available. So the terminology I use is make make yourself available. So it's a setup, it's a pivot. You know, that's moving without the ball. Right. Uh, 
anytime you're coming off a screen, right? Ball screen, down screen, wide screen, Iverson screen, whatever, rip screen. You have a defender on the on you. You have a defender on the screener. So reading that, right, is moving without the ball. And then I even add this: if I have enough time with my players, right, that means if they train with me once a week, twice a week, once a month, all year, whatever. If I have time, I work on transition. And Andre, if you really want to see how ignorant your players are, right, or if you want to see how smart they are, either way, right. Right. But we're, we're talking we're talking about young kids, right? We're talking about kids probably 12 to, to 22. They, they don't want to admit this. And I, I and this, here's where I can really uh, wake them up and acknowledge that, look, you better be humble. You better be open-minded. You better not be cool, right? Because if you are, then I'm going to humble you real quick because I just ask questions, right? The truth fears no questions. Education is the best way out of poverty. If you want to see how rich your player's mind is, just ask them questions. Now, as a coach, better ask the right questions. You better have the right answers. Right. You better not have. You better not have any fluff or superficial intelligence where you're teaching what you think is right, but you don't know what's right. And that's again, that's a whole nother conversation we might have with trainers because a lot of these kids are are training with skilled trainers. They're doing just stupid stuff, man. Non-game like stuff. It, yeah. it looks good. It's, it's a, we got that. We got a new invention. We're creating a new way to train. Nothing wrong with creating new drills, but concepts never change, right? Basketball rules of engagement. How do you get better at this? How do you win at this game? How do you fun at this game? It's a team game. That's going to never change. So I just, I'm talking about, do you have the foundation of what, what it what it really means to, to play basketball? How, how do you really define fundamentals individually and team we're talking about team today so obviously reading screens moving without the ball but a lot of what I, my point is a lot of kids they, they don't know which lane to run to and yep. transition mm-hmm. and the, the, to me the best way to run in transition is send two guys to the corner you send first guy down to the rim Right, and you send whoever's out taking the ball out of bounds, or who the last behind the ball, have him, you know, chase the ball for a drag, which is a fast break screen, or go hit somebody with the screen, whether okay. it be the corner, whether it be the rim. But you know, from that, you have a two guard front, and you got two corners. Now you flatten out the D. You have all that space. But you know, a lot of high school, middle school, AAU programs. They run the fast break, and they got their wings high. They got their wings running and stopping on the 45 or its foul line extended outside three, which to me, you know, sprint all the way to the corner and then work from the down up. Right. Right. Then work on coming up because now you get the defense moving. The defense has to chase you that deep. If not, you're going to get open threes, and it gives you so much more space to get a running start downhill because everybody can't be like LeBron and Russell Westbrook where it's impossible to stop that kind of athleticism with a full head of steam. And, uh, and, and that right there, I mean, that's just nuggets for them, man. And I guarantee they don't, they don't really understand that to you teach it to them, but that's moving without the ball. Man, and I that's, love rules that. of, that's, that's rules of engagement. And you're going to win the basketball battle if you stick with that game plan. Oh, man, I love that. I, I love it. Now, with all of that, 
you know, like I, I, I preach to my son and, and it's hard for me to preach to other kids in my programs about this because not everybody's the same. You know what I mean? Like as a basketball junkie or or maybe loves the game as much as him and I do. So I, I try to preach to my son, okay, look, you have a great value now. Like when I was younger, I had to watch NBC and, and catch games, whether they were college games, whether they were the NBA and, and really dial in and what I was watching, right? Um, yeah. Now my son can go on YouTube, but I tell him, don't look at highlight reels. Don't just look at Steph Curry and, and what he's doing. Be smart. Look at some actions. Watch some college because they're going to run set plays. They're going to show you their transition stuff. And that's what's going to make you more intelligent and more IQ of the game so that when you go out there, you know what's right. Because you got to think, these guys in the NBA, they've already made it. But they had to fit a system the right way, at least at the college level, before they can transfer over into the pros. Am I right or wrong? Uh, you're exactly right. And I'm going to take another step to your point about, you know, if there's any young kid out there like your son that's inspiring to be a successful high school, college, or pro player, then watch, watch uh, a role model. Watch a player that you can relate to. For example... When I grew up, I admired Michael Jordan. I loved Michael Jordan. He was my favorite player. But when I studied the game and I tried to take different qualities and different physical, mental aspects, the way they approached their craft, the way they approached the game, somebody that I looked at and it was like, yo, if he can do it, I can, I, I can do it. It was John Stockton. Me too. Right? It was, it was, it was Mark Price because they were – Six one, they were short, and then I'm gonna be real. They were white, and I got a lot of I got a lot of criticism. Man, you got slow man's disease. You got the white boy's disease. Man, and black kids intimidate you, man. You gotta get tougher. It's a black man's game. Well, it's not a black man's game. It's, it's a man's game. Success is colorblind and gender free. So I couldn't relate to Jordan, man. Right? I went six six. I didn't have five percent body fat. I didn't know. Um, Jump, you know, out of the gym. But you know what? I liked his mental. I liked his mindset. So I tried to emulate Jordan's mindset. I tried to copy John Stockton's, Mark Price's physical set. And so, you know, fast forward to the day, J.J. Barrera, right? Uh, Latino, uh, Latin American, 5'11". I mean, he, he's played, I think, over 10 years in the league. Oh, Watch yeah. him. You know, you, you, you're, a, you're a tall Asian, right, player. Well, watch Yao Ming study E.G. Lin. And you gotta, you got to follow people that look like you, that uh, you can relate to. Like, all, all these kids, I want to be like LeBron James. Wait, man, you're 18 years old and you're, and you're five foot seven. Why? Why? Why, 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 are you, why are you studying LeBron James? He does things you'll never do. Why, why don't you watch the cat that, that, that played at Arizona, T.J. McConnell, that used to play for the Sixers, that played himself so well as a backup. He's, he's set for life. He's set, he's, he set his family's uh, life up forever because of the way he played. I think he's with Indiana now. Right. But like that, you, know, you need to study people that 
you can relate to on YouTube. And then now you're doing smart research. Now you're 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 using and maximizing the time, and you're being smart about how you approach the game. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm truly blessed with having Ryan Rizuki in in my son's corner, and and we we frequently talk to uh, Cody Topper, your boy, and and Cody will um, drop box me a lot of different set plays for my son to watch for like being on the defensive side, you know, and seeing what, what actions are going to happen. And now he can tell his teammates what's going to happen or even on the offensive side, Hey, if they're running this type of defense, how do I break it? So believe me, I, I totally get what you're saying, but it's just tough seeing kids that are super athletic, but they just don't take the time in watching the film part of the game. You know what I mean? And educating themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's another topic, man. Guys get on the gram or they get on YouTube. And if they're on YouTube, they want to entertain themselves. Right. Right? And not educate themselves. So it, it, it takes a really special kid, even in the NBA, to um, sit down, watch film, um, really take the time. I mean, like, the habits we have in high school and the issues we have as a young person, you know, if we don't take care of them and, and, and overcome them, they can they can circle around and follow us as an adult. And you know, I didn't see many of my classmates doing homework. I didn't see many of my classmates doing extra, you know, to to work on their academics side. And so that, that's what basketball is, man. Like a lot of guys don't um, watch film, and a lot of guys don't take. Excuse me. Hold on a second. Yeah. My uh, sunglasses in there somewhere. A lot of guys don't take the time to uh, work on their game that way. And I think Drew Hallen does an outstanding job with his guys. Right. Uh, I was just with Co- Cody last night. You know, he spent 15 minutes with, with two two Memphis guys going over uh, ways to uh, uh, read screens and actions that they run and who's going to be open and what's, what's going to happen. And, you know, it's, re- it's really amazing, man. It's really uh, uh, incredible to see how technology can help players in real time so yeah absolutely um another thing is you're big on strength and conditioning just like myself um, yeah i remember i still remember i still remember to this day being at your house and you took me and ryan on that run and you had us carrying a boulder and running and, and dropping the boulder and i was like dang this is crazy um how important yeah, how important is strength and conditioning to not only youth athletes, but going into high school and college? Because I know for a fact my son does it twice a week with a trainer. We send him to a, a specialist, strength and conditioning. Yeah. And and I think it it works wonders for him. He's a my son's a great outside shooter. He's not fast. He can't jump. He's not super athletic yeah. that way. But I think. When there's five minutes left in the game, he's still knocking down threes. He's still pulling, you know, one dribble, yeah. two dribble pulls, and he still has his legs. He's got a straight core, a strong core, excuse me. Um, his his balance is there. His footwork is there. How important is that? Well, I, I think for, it's very important, Andre. I mean, very important. Um, guys have to get in the weight room. They got to work on their total body strength. But I think before that, it's, it's diet. Yes. It's, hyd- it's hydration. I mean, I remember when I was 13 and I told my family, look, I really want to do this basketball thing, man. I want to 
you know, start in high school. I want to win a state championship. I want to, I want to get a Division One scholarship. That was the end game for me. And then, yeah, if I can make pro, I want to make pro. But uh, and so I remember, you know, my mom did two things. She opened up a fitness uh, membership for me and, and had a little coach coach me a little bit till I got the hang of it. And then uh, she changed my diet. Yeah. So she fixed dinner for my brothers and I every night, and it wasn't just. You know, Captain Crunch and mac and cheese, man. It was, you know, fish and chicken, good food, colors in the food. Yeah, a lot of balanced food. You know, it wasn't game changer, meaning we all were vegan. And I, I mean, I watched the game changer. It was phenomenal, very fascinating. Believed it, but it, it didn't change my game. I've been eating meat since I came out the womb, and I'll still I'll die eating meat. That's just, you know, I think you can do both. I think you can eat meat, or you can eat vegetables, or you can do both. I think both. Uh, have the same results, but I know this, you got to eat healthy. Yes. Right? You got to eat healthy and you got to eat natural and you got to stay hydrated. So before you lift, if you're not eating the right stuff, man, you're not getting the most out of that, you know, that strength workout. But, you know, for basketball players, I think the main thing is stay flexible, get your core strong, get your lower body strong, and everything else falls into place. Uh, no question, triceps, biceps, shoulders, but you know, if you just had to pick muscles, I would say it'd be core, lower body, and uh, and you're good, man. Yeah. Back. I like that. I like that. But, yeah, no, it's total body workout. All the pros I've ever worked out, total body. A lot of them do, you know, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Friday, Saturday workouts. They have one or two days off between. Some guys do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, it just varies. All of them are correct. I'm not an expert in that. I, I did get a master's in kinesiology, but... That's not my lane. I just know what I need to do to stay in shape as a coach, and uh, I can steer my guys in the right direction. Now, I do do a lot of core work and flexibility work at the end of my workouts for 10, 15 minutes, and guys benefit from that. They love that. It keeps me in shape, so it's all good. Yeah, okay, okay, I love that. Now, on the spiritual side, which I think helps also the mental side, now, we can do a podcast just on the mental side of the game and how on and off the court, how it, it you know, how kids deal with that. And that's a huge thing and that's yeah. another subject. But with this, the spiritual side, I believe if you have a strong faith, that will help you mentally on and off the court. What do you think, sir? Well, I agree, you know, but a lot of, people uh, interpret faith as many different things you know it's funny I, i've been a christian since i was 21 and and i've been all over the world i've been to 48 countries five continents and uh and i, and I bring the cross with me meaning I'm, I'm open to talking about god and jesus and the bible and church and prayer and you know all that and, and what it does jesus's teachings and what it does for me in my life and so people will look at you and they know do two things. They'll say, hey, man, you're religious. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I, I know I'm spiritual. What is religion? You know, to me, religion is man-made. It's, it's doctrines. It's legalistic. It's routines, right? There's no there's no value from, from being religious. It's just, hey, I'm. it's a law. It's, it's almost like communism. You have to do this. If you don't, you know, you're, you're, you're going to hell. It's okay. You know, some people look at faith and, hey, you're faith-based, you're a Christian, okay? There's a lot of Christians that are, you know, no different. If you look at the life of some Christians and you look at the life of some that aren't, 
looks the same. Yeah. You know I mean? So it's like, okay, well, yeah, I got saved. I got baptized. And Jesus is my Savior. Great. You're going to heaven. The word declares that. I believe that. You're washed by the blood. But what does your life say? Like, you, you have to change. And a true Christian, if you allow your heart and your mind to be opened by what they call the Holy Spirit, you know, if you... If you Interested in the Holy Spirit, you know, read the book of Acts. Jesus said, I am a comforter, and when I go, I will leave you comfortless. Right? I'm going to leave you a comforter when I go. It's a spirit. Jesus lives in you. And so now, you know, call it a gut, call it intuition, call it disposition, call it whatever you want to call it. It's a moral compass. It's wisdom. It's energy. That It's the force. It, watch the Star Wars movies. It's the force guiding you. To your purpose and to what's right and so when people say yeah you're you know you bring spiritual you bring spiritualness into your teaching and i'm like damn right <laughs> pardon yeah. my contradiction pardon my contradiction yeah why, why why do you bring religion to your work because i want my players to play with peace you want peace oh yeah yeah i want to i mean steph curry kevin durant they're both christians see the peace they play with kobe was a christian fact Many people, many uh, evidence out there that he he, uh, he proclaimed Jesus as his savior, and he even even said that uh, publicly with uh, Stephen A. Smith. On quite frankly, you, you don't you don't want you don't want Kobe's peace, right? right. Uh, number two, passion, joy, excitement, love. You don't you don't want that? Yeah, yeah, I want that. Well, that's that's spiritual. That's what what god has for you that's what jesus was teaching uh you don't want grace you don't want mercy oh yeah man i want you to forgive me. okay well being a athlete being playing a sport like any sport right nobody's perfect tiger woods greatest of all time won't perfect jordan you know the whole deal i missed twenty nine thousand shots but i made you know six chance whatever the, he ain't perfect kobe bryant right unbelievable lesson about life and marriage and commitment wife filed for divorce he had multiple affairs right wife could have left with a hundred million dollars didn't stay together they committed right power fame prestige i've seen it i live with guys that had the world in their hand but they were more concerned about their soul right what is it what is the profit of man to gain the whole world but lose his soul that's that's the scripture in the bible um, like that's you don't want grace you don't want somebody to forgive you you don't want things that come in your life even though you don't deserve it because you're human of course that's that spirit like a coach you want a coach to take you out after one mistake and never put you back in no you want a coach to that you want a coach that empowers you and, and graces you to make mistakes hey man Gannon you have four turnovers I gotta take you out alright okay coach Again, and sit on the bench. You're going to repent a little bit. You're going to think about what you've done, right? But you know what? I'm going to put you back in. You didn't lose your spot. You're still valuable. Right. Like, that's, that's, that's spiritual, man. And then, and then, as a coach, you need surgeon. You need wisdom. Like, there's choices. Like, 50-50. Right? I, I, haven't, I haven't known any Christian, right, anybody that's spiritual in my life that I've met. I'm sure there are, but they have said, you know what, man, I saw God, I heard God, he told me to do this. 
if, if they do, I would I would say they're probably delusional. But God bless them. They might have visions. But anytime you make a decision, it's 50-50, Andre. Yeah. It could be 50 God or 50 you. 50 you or 50. 50-50. So, you know what? If it, you know, I might spend 20 minutes. I might spend 20 days. But to me, the time invested in a higher being to seek out decisions and wisdoms in life with a player, without a player, with a program, what job to take, what, what player to cut, what player to take, what do I do tomorrow, what's the game plan, anything, right? Anything that you need in life, I, I'm willing to invest the time I spend with God because he can't hurt me. I got a 50-50 chance anyway, right? <laughs> so yeah. it ain't going to hurt me. It ain't going to hurt me spending an extra time with God because I know from the Bible, I know from people's testimonies, witnesses. You know, that's what that's why that's why you go to church, man. You don't go to church because oh Sunday I gotta go to church. That's what God you know, that's that's, that's what God wants us to do. God don't want us to do that. God wants us to go to church so that we can bring church back to life on Monday. God don't just go up wanna sit in a building on Sunday and then okay, check the box. He's been to church fifty thousand times. What a good man. Well no nah, man you can go to church one time and not ever go again because you have church every day where you're at. Like yes. you're the church, you're the people yes. of the church, yes. you have the church in you. You know what I mean? And so that's what time with God, that's a big reason that I spend time with God because I want to build heaven on earth. And that's, that's what he gave us. Like he gave us a kingdom. And if, and if we just seek his will and his righteousness, Matthew 16, I think, and all else will be given to us, but we must first seek His will. And so, there is a plan. You know, our, our steps have been uh, ordered by the Lord. Like we we plan our steps, but our Lord orders it. Our Lord says, "No, nah, no, nah, this is where you're going to go. And if you get off the path, you're not going to have peace. You're going to have strife that I, that you weren't meant to have. You know, there's strife you meant to have, but it's God's strife. It's testing. It's pruning." It's, it, it's, it's practice, right? He's the coach, Bible's the playbook, and the game is life. And so that, to me, that spiritual is seeking a higher power so that you make the right decisions. Like for me, 100% uh, running my own business was what God wanted me to do. Why? Because nobody saw it coming. <laughs> you, yeah, you're like, super successful. It, it, you're the goat at it. I was one of the first to do it. I was successful because... I didn't know how to do it. I still don't know how to do it. Don't have a business mind. Not not the most organized uh, with technology and everything that comes with business, right? My parents even told me, look, this is not a good decision. You need to go teach and coach like you've wanted to do your whole life, like we do, boy. Make some money. Make some money. And ironically, I followed my heart. I followed my gut. I thought this is what God wants me to do. I followed my passion. I followed my peace, right? I followed my purpose. I followed my impact. And now I've made more money than my parents have ever made. I'm having more fun and more, uh, see, having more adventures than they've ever had. And now they're having more fun because I get to come home and share my stories and my adventures with them. And they're sitting there smiling with tears in their eyes saying, well done, my good son. And the same thing God is doing. He's like, man, well done. Because my flesh, Andre, my flesh, part of me is like, man, I want to be where Cody's at. Man, I... I took Cody under my wing. I want to be at Memphis top 20 coach. Right. Man, I recommended uh, one of my friends to an NBA job. I know the Wizards offered me a job multiple times. 
And I said, hey, man, I can't do it. It's not my calling, but I got I got two guys for you, David Atkins and Cody Topper. And David Atkins, you know, hell, he was an NBA coach back in the day when we were uh, working at Five Star. I gave Tommy Shepard the GM. I said, man, this guy's great, man. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know about David. We got our eyes on him. I said, man, you got to hire either one of them, man. Hire both of them. Like, like I want to do that, man. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I helped introduce D Brown tonight. D Brown is one of the most humblest dudes I've ever met, and this is D D Brown. And I got invited to do a camp with him, and we sat down. Never forget, like a steak and shake. He was like, "Yo, I, I think I want to get into uh, this, this player development. Maybe like we were just, you know, he's doing player development, has his own gym, but yeah, he wants something bigger. And he, and I, I can't remember, man, if he asked me me my help, but. I said, look, you need to get with us at Nike, man. You're, like, way more qualified. You, you give way more than, than what I'm giving. You need to come in and, and join our team, and they would love you. And now D, D. Brown's in the front office of the L.A. Clippers. But, like, part of me, my flesh is like, man, I want to I wanna go to the highest level because I, I know I can do it. I've been asked to do it. I had multiple college coaches offer me uh, D1 jobs almost every other year. Uh, a few BCS schools, and it's just not my call. Like, right. I'm called to tour the world. I'm called to be a husband to a wife who has a college coaching career. So if not coach Kali, we'd never see each other, and we would never be there together at the same time for our kids. And I got three kids where I can set my own – if I want to be on the road six months, I can do that. If I want to be on the road three months – I can, I, can, I can at least try to carve out that. Now, as a business owner, you know that, and you eat what you kill, and, and, and you know, you got, you got, if customers are out there, you got to be responsible, and you got to go, because we never know when when our business will end, but I got to provide for the family monetarily, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but I can create, I can create my own time, and thank the Lord that, you know, for most of my career, you know, I've been on the road five, six months, and I'm home five, six months. Feel like, man, man, you're on the road five, six months? Yeah, man, but I'm at home five, six months. Absolutely chilling. You try that for a couple of years. See how you like that. And college coaching, NBA coaching, they might, might get one month off. Maybe. Right. right. I mean, to me, that doesn't fit in God's plan with what I want to do. And so, um, to me, that was spiritual, man. If I had a follow my flesh I wouldn't have my family and with Kobe passing on this week come on man what's everybody talking about what's family. everybody tr- family. girl dad girl dad fam girl dad fam husband father like son you know, and, and, and everybody son. So, huh? son too a son a son was, I don't get he was a son like you know they, they lost their son his parents like that's tough. Yes, yes. That's tough to yeah, put every, your own yeah. son in the earth, man. That's tough. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's like I think I think what's what's truly important in life is number one. Well, well here, here's 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 what I've I've come and I've been saying this for years. A great life, a perfect life, so to speak, is if you can balance your purpose, right, your passion, and still have a balance with your family. Or like it might be, or it might be all intertwined. Like the perfect life is, you do what you love, but it doesn't sacrifice family time, and that's the whole reason why Kobe got his um, his helicopter. 
It's like, look, I, you know, I want to work on my craft. That's his passion. It's his purpose. But he didn't want to sacrifice family time. So, you know, to me, that's the trade-off. I'm on the road five, six months, but I'm home five, six. Like, that's – I couldn't do that as an NCAA coach or a, or an NBA coach. And so, to me, that's spiritual. And with kids – you know, if you have spirit, if you have spirituality and faith in your life, and you're really in tune with your purpose. Right. Then, okay, you know what high school to choose. You know how to ha- handle this situation. You know uh, what, what college to go to. You know what I mean? So, it, it's it's not it's teaching these kids not to be religious, but it's teaching these kids how to have values that Jesus had, how to use the Holy Spirit that uh, He gave us inside of us. But we got to humble ourselves. We got to acknowledge God. You are the man, Jesus. You are the son of the man. You're a great assistant coach, co-coach, however you want to metaphor it. And you know what? This Bible, man, these words in red, I might want to start thinking about these, meditating on these. These are good stuff. Everybody teaches, any great organization, any great family teaches what the Bible says, right? It's just... Interpreted and, and, and credit is given from a different source, but it's all right. It, it, it's all in there. Every 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 great thing in this world, every great person that does something great is in the Bible. It's already been done or talked about. So to me, that's that's spirituality. It's not about you know being religious or legalistic. Mm. Unfortunately, many many churches and Christians. And I'm trying really not to to be that person. I like it, man. Passing dimes on time. That's what I hear. Just trying to inspire, educate, man. A lot of kids out there need help. As you and I talk, like yes. this is therapeutic. This is therapeutic for me. Like I'm just reinforcing things that I believe and that I need to continue to act out. Oh, man. You know what I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just behavior modification, man. We, we think it, we say it, we do it. You know I mean, so th- this helps me. If, if nobody gets nothing out, hey, man, this helps me. So I, I always like to do podcasts. Oh, man, I love you it. Know? Thank you so much, Gannon. I love this. Um, right before we wrap up, though, um, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, man, you dropped crazy knowledge crazy heat today um and it's across the board it this could be for a parent this could be from a kid that is 10 11 years old all the way up into 22 23 playing the game um this is just a walk of life and and an education and an eye-opener to not just sports but how to actually live your life you know and live it to the fullest and and do right with others and yourself. So I, I truly do thank you. Thank you for being on and, and sharing your words with me today. Hey, I'm honored, Andre. You're welcome, man. I mean, that's what Kobe lived for and he died for is that mama mentality. So if you're a divorced father down in the dumps, you're a guy that's lost his business, you're a player that uh, sitting on the bench this year and you had aspirations of, you know, being the man or being the woman or, you know, you just got cut from a team. Have that mama mentality, man, right? Get knocked down, get back up. If you got some fake friends, then you better switch up. That's, that's uh, Missy, Elliot, Missy Elliot. But you know what I mean? Like, you, 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 if, you have, if you're not dead, you're not done. So figure it out. Find some solutions. 
And then mama mentality, go out and be the best version of yourself, janitor, lawyer, doctor, hooper, leader, business owner, parent that you can by putting in the work. Ooh, I love that. I love it. Yeah, man. That's, uh, that's, that's all we've done today is you and I have gotten better. We've uh, sharpened each other. I just pray to God, whoever's listening, uh, puts, puts to work to some of the suggestions that I've, that I've talked about. And if you have a better suggestion, email me. I'm at Gannon at GannonBakerBasketball.com. Google me. My website is GannonBakerBasketball.com. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, talk to me if you have a better solution or you like some of the strategies I've talked about. But, you know, there is no creation without conversation. So more people, yeah, we're still dropping dimes. More people have to be okay with disagreeing with a stranger without taking a personal. Right? You can disagree and, and you can go on Facebook and Instagram and, 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 and troll if you want. That's cool. But don't be net, don't be disrespectful and don't spit problems. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna F me, Andre, right? If you're gonna F me, right, that's fine. You can F me all you want. But you but after you've calmed down, you better educate me and you better inspire me. Then I'll then I'll give you the right to F me. But if all the F is is just hate, right, and you don't make me great, well then, that's your you got a problem. Yeah, you that's do. That's your insecurity. And so I always and, and not many you know not many coaches will, or players will do that. They won't disagree with a Kobe or they won't come at Kobe or or somebody who has tremendous experience in professionalism because they look at them as like Mount Rushmore and a celebrity. And you don't understand like the guys at high levels. They want to be moved. They want to be stretched. Like some of my mentors, I went right at them. It's like, man, I don't know if I agree with you. Like Kobe. Kobe and I, during our skill camp workouts, man, I, w- I would go right at them. It's like, Kobe, I don't know about that, man. I'm not I'm not agreeing with that. Because there's many different ways to be successful. Right. Now, there's a, there's a lot that we did agree with, but there are a few things that we don't. So it's okay if you want to conversate because that's the only way to get to the next level. And if you're wrong... You learn something. If you're right, you're empowered. So either way, face the truth with no question, both are going to get better. The Bible calls it iron sharpens iron. Hang with wise people, you become, uh, I forget the word, it might be uh, uh, leaders or, or successes. But if you hang with, with fools, right, you are not wise. So it's basically assimilation by association. Whoever you hang out with, that's what you're going to become. So if, you, if, if you're hanging out with smart people, people that are better than you, and you come with them with real questions, then either way, you're going to get better. Either you're going to be right and you surprise yourself and you gain some confidence, or you're going to be wrong and you educate yourself. And that's, you know, the Bible says that's more valuable than gold. Ooh, that's right. It is. So I challenge everybody under the sound of my voice that you're listening change your life from what Andre and I were talking about and if you like something that we talked about hit me up if you don't like something that we talked about then hit me up too yeah but there's you know but to me the only way to a good resolution is confrontation you know the Bible calls it fighting a good fight you gotta fight the good fight basketball is a good thing getting the most out of life is a good thing as a person 
you know, we're a good thing. So let's fight. Let's fight the good fight. Let's fight the good fight, Gannon. I love that, man. I love it. Thank you. You're I welcome, love that. Man.